Hello, and welcome to the Slot Plus segment of the Slate Culture Gab Fest. We're joined today by Dan Coyce to talk about the sad death of Catherine Dunn, the author of the wonderful book Geek Love. Hello, Dan. Hey, guys. You wrote a beautiful obituary for Catherine Dunn for Slate after she died last week. Can you describe uh, her career a bit, who she was, and why you are so sad that she is gone? She um, was a pretty singular writer. Geek Love is her best-known novel and, in fact, the final novel she wrote, though it came out in 1989. Um, She wrote two experimental novels before that in the early 70s. She wrote Geek Love uh, from her home in Portland while she was um, raising her son on her own um, and writing sort of weekly commentary for Willamette Weekly and also writing about boxing a lot. Um, And she sort of out of the... A little bit of a mess that her life had become at that point crafted this incredible novel, which uh, was a kind of valentine to the freaks and weirdos of the world in a truly late 80s, early 90s way. Um, And that and the book, as I write it, the piece served as a kind of uh, ID card um, for weirdos and oddballs at that era to identify each other with. If you went to someone's dorm room or you went to someone's apartment and you saw that spine, that geek love spine on their bookshelf, you'd be like, oh, you you guys are my people. I get you and you get me. Uh, I confess that reading your obituary made me feel sad and ashamed for the fact that when I read that book, I was like, eh, this is kind of too weird for me. (laughs) (laughs) You aren't one of the oddballs. I guess not. Well, I don't know. I would attribute it more to the fact that by the time I read it uh, in like the late 90s, the kind of offbeat, quirky, almost incomprehensibly wacko thing she did had been adapted by more people and other you know the, the notion of like quirky weirdness being a thing you encountered in culture probably met me before her work did and and then for whatever reason I, I i couldn't hang with geek love but i'm curious laura what you made of the book and and what you think about her work and her contributions well i read it when it first came out and i i haven't reread it since then but it was it's this it was the same as with dan it was definitely a kind of a punk rock book in a weird way in in not in a sort of um not in the way that we associate it directly with like being mad and wanting to destroy things and being a junkie and having spiky hair but the sensibility of 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 being weird or not fitting in and then turning that into a positive identity um sort of reveling in your own freakishness really because it's a, it's a story of a a family of deliberately created freaks they are all the children of parents who have tried in various ways to give them essentially birth defects so that they can then run this this freak show but instead of feeling like the rejects of society this family is fully convinced that they are the only people in the world who matter and their fierce belief in that is the is sort of the core of the of the meaning of of the novel and they fight for power in the group and you know more normal people try to penetrate it and all all of that stuff but but it's that sort of idea that you belong to a group that is that doesn't fit in but that you Turn that as a into a sort of shared identity is 
but not an identity that's uniform. It's not like all of the freaks are the same. It's like everybody is freaky in their own way. And that is what brings them together. That's such an interesting idea and also one that uh, I'm definitely going to let my late 90s self off the hook for not finding fresh because the whole 90s was about like alternative, everyone's alternative and, you know, it, 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 and it really presages like what culture is now where if you, nobody wants to claim to be part of any group because we're all so idiosyncratic and we're all just mixing and matching everything in our own way. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Steve, did you ever read it? I have to admit I've never read it, but now I'm going to. It's also written, uh, Dan quotes the opening paragraph in his great piece, and it's just written in this fantastic style. It's really distinctive and energetic. I think of her really as sort of like like late beat early uh grunge kind of like it's an odd mix of it's very jazzy um and very idiosyncratic but it also can really like pound you uh emotionally and with with lurid detail after lurid detail um i don't think it's a coincidence that she was writing in portland in the pacific northwest at a time when the music scene for example there was becoming rich with this mix of lyricism and uh, and heaviness. She also had this fascinating life where she worked all of these weird jobs and she was sort of economically marginal. She was like a waitress and and um, she was – her family were tenant farmers for a while. She traveled around Europe with her husband. She got pregnant while they were traveling. She said to have the baby in Ireland because the – healthcare system was good and they spoke English. I mean, it was just a very, and then she later she worked as a waitress. It was a very, you know, kind of financially marginal seat of your pants way of living. And it feels, felt, feels to me very different from what we later got into sort of a, a quirky novel mode where people in MFA programs would write a novel about a person who had some weird trait, like, um, you know, monk or something in that series, you know, like they, 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 you know, could fly or they were, they had Tourette's or whatever. And, and, and so the sort of oddball protagonist um, became like a kind of a tick of sort of 90s literary fiction. And not just the 90s. I mean, the, the writer whom, who you, you can really trace the influence of Catherine Dunn straight to right now, someone who has said she's a fan of hers. Uh, is Karen Russell, right, who just won a Genius Grant, who is sort of one of the big hot fiction writers of the moment. She's Florida-based as opposed to Pacific Northwest-based, but she is also very interested in uh, sort of the 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 way that freakishness plays among the normies. And her novel Swamplandia was about a tight little close-knit family uh, in the sort of old-timey tourist business being beset at all sides by the norms who just want to screw up their lives. Um, and, you know, Karen Russell's from Florida and comes by those stories very naturally, but she still also comes from, as Laura says, the modern literary fiction tradition. She, you know, studied at the right schools and she studied with the right people and she came out fully formed with the right blurbs, whereas Catherine Dunn seemed to just come out of nowhere. And this book happened in 1989. It was the first book Sunny Meta bought at Knopf. Uh, it was the first famous cover design, really truly famous cover design that Chip Kid did. Um, and it was a book that sort of came out of nowhere to be this 
generational signifier for a certain kind of weird literary reader. And it really feels like an artifact of a time when writers could, you know, just crawl out of Portland or, you know, come out of a job as a waitress and, and just produce this amazing thing and never produce anything again. I mean, she wrote wonderful boxing columns. She wrote great books, essays, including a really wonderful one that I was proud to publish last fall in Slate. Um, but she never published another novel. And I, you know, after she died, I emailed her agent to ask, are, is there another novel waiting in a vault somewhere? And he said, no, she just never finished it. Uh, and so geek love is what we get from her. And so I thought to close, I might read a little bit, uh, just that first opening paragraph, um, which for me, when I, I remember reading it in like way back in 1991, I think when I first read this book and thinking, oh man, uh, this is something. Uh, and it's the first paragraph of geek love. Here we go. When your mama was a geek, my dreamlets, Papa would say she made the nipping off of noggins, such a crystal mystery that the hens themselves yearned toward her, waltzing around her, hypnotized with longing. Spread your lips, sweet lil, they'd cluck, and show us your choppers. That's Papa of the family telling the kids about how once upon a time their mom bit the heads off chickens like no one he'd ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> it's true that on a linguistic level, it's just so great. All right, Dan, thank you for coming on to talk about Catherine Dunn. Listeners, thank you so much for being members of Slate Plus, for supporting Slate and the journalism that we do, and for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week.